0: This is the Return to Order Moment with Edwin Benson, bringing you insights, analysis, and information for a culture in crisis.
1: Christians must never surrender to transgender tyranny.
0: The modern world has embraced so-called transgenderism with the fierceness of a mother bear protecting her cubs. That is an apt analogy because this class of people was an invention of the so-called gender studies movement. They pretend to protect human rights, but their real goal is right out of the Karl Marx playbook, the destruction of the traditional family.
1: In this world, no criticism or even questioning is tolerated, no matter how academic or respectful it might be. An excellent example of this intolerance is the fact that the book Irreversible Damage has been deleted from Amazon.
0: Mr. James Bascom's essay, Why the book Irreversible Damage Will Not Stop the Transgendering of Children, examines that situation and the ways that it displays the realities that the gender theorists would prefer that you not know about.
1: One note before we proceed. Return to order and the TFP usually object to the words transgender and transgenderism because these words were invented by the leftists who described an impossible process. However, it is necessary to use those words to describe the demands that the left is making. Listeners should not assume that the return to order endorses those terms. So now, the Return to Order moment presents Mr. James R. Bascom's Why the Book Irreversible Damage Will Not Stop the Transgendering of Children.
0: A few days after his inauguration, Joe Biden made a radical, yet largely unnoticed, declaration on Twitter. Quote, Let's be clear. Transgender equality is the civil rights issue of our time. There is no room for compromise when it comes to basic human rights. We are living in what CNN called our, quote-unquote, transgender moment. Transgenderism, the T in LGBT, is devouring our culture and institutions. As recently as 10 years ago, most people outside of the gender studies departments had only the faintest idea about transgenderism and its supporting ideology, gender theory. Now they are the closest thing America has ever had to an official state ideology. Institutions are eliminating all forms of sex differentiation, including single-sex bathrooms, women's prisons, women's sports, and even boys' and girls' toy aisles. On June 15, 2020, the Supreme Court cemented gender theory in federal law in Bostock versus Clayton County. The court ruled six to three that quote unquote sexual orientation and gender identity are protected classes under the Civil Rights Act. Heretics to this ideology are finding themselves excommunicated from society and punished without mercy. In February, Amazon removed from its website without explanation Ryan Anderson's book Against Transgenderism When Harry Became Sally. When a group of Republican senators demanded an explanation, Amazon announced that it would no longer sell books, quote, that frame the LGBTQ plus identity as a mental illness, unquote. In 2016, New York City passed an ordinance that allows city government to fine individuals up to $250,000 for refusing to call someone by his or her quote-unquote preferred pronouns. Universities across the country are eliminating sex-segregated bathrooms and sports. Many professors have been fired or punished for questioning gender theory. Most shocking, however, is the transgender revolution's attacks on children. The last decade has seen a sharp rise in LGBT characters in television, film, and social media. For example, Disney recently announced an upcoming film that will feature, quote, Jess, a 14-year-old transgender girl. She's compassionate, funny, and always has your back, unquote. Another program Drag Queen Story Hour is designed to indoctrinate children as young as three into accepting cross-dressing and transgenderism. One LGBT activist admitted that its purpose is the, quote, grooming of the next generation, unquote. As a result, the country is experiencing an unprecedented explosion in the number of adolescents who identify as transgender. With full support of the state, these children often quote-unquote transition against the will of their parents, who are sometimes powerless to stop it. Last year, a Dallas judge stripped one Texas father, Jeffrey Younger, from custody of his eight-year-old son, James, so that the boy's legal mother could put him through a quote-unquote gender transition another father from Canada is facing jail time for his efforts to stop the government from putting his 14-year-old daughter on male hormones. How do we make sense of this unspeakably perverse destruction of our children? Is there anything we can do about it? Abigail Schreier, a writer for the Wall Street Journal, attempts to answer these questions with her 2020 book Irreversible Damage – The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters Although social conservatives have fought the LGBT movement for decades, the transgender movement has shocked centrists and even some leftists by its radicalness. Schreier falls into the latter category. In Irreversible Damage, she attempts to sound the alarm about the enormous spike in transgenderism among our youth. Her book gained a lot of favorable attention from social conservatives, thanks to the efforts of transgender activists to ban it. Target briefly removed it from its website, causing a massive outcry. They quickly put the book back online. Schreier has appeared on national media outlets and has suffered vicious personal attacks from the transgender activists. Her book shows how an unprecedented wave of transgender self-identification is sweeping children and adolescents across the West, especially among adolescent girls. The numbers she cites are staggering. Before 2010, the rates of quote unquote gender identity disorder, renamed gender dysphoria in 2012 by the American Psychological Association, were stable at 0.005 to 0.014% for males and 0.002 to 0.03% for females. This is fewer than 1 in 10,000 people. Two thirds of the cases were boys. Since then, quote unquote gender dysphoria among adolescents in America has increased 1,000%. In Britain, the increase is 4,000%. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 2% of American high school students now identify as transgender. This change happened so swiftly that it led to a new diagnosis: quote, rapid-onset gender dysphoria. Unquote. The vast majority of this rise has occurred among young girls. Since 2017, Females made up at least 70% of quote-unquote sex reassignment surgeries. One psychologist interviewed by Schreier claimed that 80% of her adolescent patients with quote-unquote gender dysphoria are female. In high schools, most transgender teenagers are girls. What is going on? Schreier presents some of the major causes. Not surprisingly, this explosion in transgenderism has occurred alongside, or because of, a collapse in mental health. Although it began decades ago, it has accelerated substantially in the past decade. Only 45% of Generation Z, those born between 1997 and 2010, report very good or excellent mental health compared to 56% of millennials and 70% of baby boomers. Among teenagers over the past decade, attempted suicide, depression, and self-harm have jumped 25 37 and 62% respectively, with teenage girls far outpacing boys. This self-destructive behavior has many causes, among them the decline of the traditional family and religious practice. But a lot of the blame goes to smartphones and social media. Study after study has shown that social media causes or exacerbates sadness, anxiety, and depression. Quote, It's not an exaggeration, wrote psychologist Jean Twang in The Atlantic, to describe iGen as being on the brink of the worst mental health crisis in decades. Much of the deterioration can be traced to their phones, unquote. Besides the ubiquitous presence of pornography and the harm of screen time, parents who give smartphones to their children are playing, quote, unquote, transgender roulette. Most parents are unaware of the vast network of young, smooth-talking transgender influencers on YouTube and Instagram. These teenagers and young adults rack up hundreds of thousands of subscribers and millions of views. They post slick pictures and videos of their own quote-unquote transition, where to obtain opposite sex hormones, how to quote-unquote pass as the opposite sex, and how to cut quote-unquote unsupportive parents entirely out of your life. Many thousands of teenagers have become transgender in this way. The pro-transgender radicalness of the political, medical, and educational establishments is shocking. Anyone who disagrees with gender theory is labeled a quote-unquote bully and declared guilty, literally, of murder. For trans activists, parents who don't go along with this madness are quote-unquote killing their children. You don't want your child to commit suicide, do you? More and more doctors support transgender hormones and surgeries for children. Both the American Medical Association and the American Psychological Association have lobbied against laws to restrict it. Many distraught parents have taken their confused teenagers to see a doctor or psychologist, only to have the child affirmed in his or her desire to quote-unquote, "...transition." teachers play a significant role in helping students to quote-unquote transition. In many public schools, it is official policy to embrace a transgender student's new identity, complete with a new name and way of dressing, without ever telling the parents. As one public school student explained to Schreier, quote, even parents that come in and say, I don't want my kid to be called that, that's nice, but their parental right ended when those children were enrolled in a public school, unquote. The stories Schreier tells are tragic. Parents will one day find that their previously shy teenage daughter has convinced herself that she is a boy, seduced by an online transgender influencer. One couple sent their daughter to college and learned that she had already scheduled a sex change surgery when she returned on break. Worst are the stories of regret when quote-unquote transitioners discover that they made a terrible mistake and cannot reverse it. Where Schreier's book breaks down is how she addresses transgenderism as a movement. She and the book received much support from social conservatives who oppose the LGBT agenda. No doubt, it takes courage to resist any facet of the LGBT movement. But although her book fights one consequence of the sexual revolution, she accepts the LGBT movement in principle. Transgenderism didn't come out of nowhere. It is the brainchild of far-left academics and well-funded activist organizations. Left-wing ideas about individual freedom and rejection of traditional morality are directly responsible for transgenderism. It is therefore not surprising that the overwhelming majority of transgender teenagers come from politically liberal households. In one peer-reviewed study by psychologist Dr. Lisa Littman and cited by Schreier, 85% supported same-sex, quote-unquote, marriage, and 88% support, quote-unquote, transgender rights. Many of these same parents told Schreier of the anguish as they watched their teenage or young adult child go through transgender surgeries, torn between their love for their child and their belief in LGBT, quote-unquote, rights. In an article for the Wall Street Journal, Schreier wrote, quote, Many of the mothers I spoke with say they enthusiastically supported same-sex marriage long before it was legal anywhere. Some of them describe welcoming the news when their daughters came out as lesbians. But when their daughters suddenly decided that they were actually men and started clamoring for hormones and surgery, their mothers begged them to reconsider or at least slow down, unquote. These parents are experiencing something that no mother or father should suffer. But it is impossible to deny that their leftist anything-goes worldview was a significant factor. They are a living contradiction, supportive of transgenderism, just not for my daughter. As St. Paul writes, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For what things a man shall sow, those also shall he reap. For he that soweth in his flesh of the flesh shall also reap corruption. But he that soweth in the spirit of the spirit shall reap life everlasting. See Galatians chapter 6 verses 7 to 8. Schreier is herself an example of this contradiction. In an author's note, she writes that she supports transgenderism for adults and even uses their quote-unquote preferred pronouns. Like the liberal parents she interviews, her problem is not transgenderism per se, but only with the transgendering of minors. If those minors grow up and decide to mutilate their bodies as adults, good for them. Quote, transgender success stories are everywhere told and celebrated. They march under the banner of civil rights. They promise to breach the next cultural frontier, to shatter one more basis of human division. But the phenomenon of sweeping teenage girls is different." She tries to make a distinction without a difference. For Schreier... Child's transgenderism is immoral because minors are too young to consent to such a life-changing procedure, not because it violates any universal morality. Schreier, in fact, never mentions any absolute moral code at all, just a personal squeamishness at seeing child sex changes. If there is no universal morality to fall back on, such as natural law or the Ten Commandments, her opinion is no better or worse than any other. If you accept that, quote, unquote, love is love, or that, quote, love has no gender, unquote, and that LGBT people are, quote, unquote, born that way, as Schreier certainly does, then who is she to restrict these, quote, unquote, rights to those 18 and older? If it's licit for teenage girls to become lesbians or high schools to have quote-unquote gay-straight alliances, as Schreier believes, why draw the line at transgenderism? After all, isn't age just a number anyway? Moreover, transgenderism is not a craze, as Schreier says in her title, but the natural result of the sexual revolution. Transgenderism is the latest phase of this process that began nearly a century ago with feminism and contraception. It continued with abortion, then homosexual quote-unquote marriage, and finally transgenderism. In 1949, feminist philosopher Simone de Beauvoir laid the foundation for this revolution and gender theory with her existentialist book, The Second Sex. Quote, One is not born, but rather becomes a woman. No biological, psychic, or economic destiny defines the figure that the human female takes on in society. It is civilization as a whole that elaborates this intermediary product between the male and the eunuch that is called feminine. Only the mediation of another can constitute an individual as an other. Inasmuch as he exists for himself, the child would not grasp himself as sexually differentiated. For girls and boys, the body is first the radiation of a subjectivity, the instrument that brings about the comprehension of the world. They apprehend the universe through their eyes and hands and not through their sexual parts. Unquote. The war about transgenderism is not about quote unquote rights. Rather, it is a war over the fundamental basis of morality and civilization. Are things objectively true? Must all people submit to the truth? Is there any such thing as self-evident biological reality, male and female, and must law and morality reflect that reality? If the answer is no, then society is doomed to chaos and disintegration. We cannot hope to defeat the quote-unquote transgendering of children if we agree with the LGBT movement's premises. Only an appeal to divine and natural law can serve as a solid foundation upon which to build a serious counterattack. Our children's lives depend on it.
1: The situation that Mr. Bascom describes in his last essay is nothing short of a social revolution. Mr. John Horvat describes the likely outcome of that revolution in his essay. This is what will come after the transgender revolution.
0: The sexual revolution must be understood as a process, or else it becomes incomprehensible. Those who promote it will never be satisfied with its present phase, They will always be pushing the envelope to the next new aberration. Few people ask, however, what the next new sexual frontier will be. No one should be shocked at what will come next. Nothing should be ruled out. The only exception to this rule is a return to chastity and modesty. Such moral practices are deemed impossible to practice, even though they were observed for centuries during the times of Christian civilization. Two things are certain. There will be a new behavior, and its introduction will be gradual. This revolution always progresses only to the extent that it finds acceptance by society. It thrives by wearing down the resistance of moral structures, habits, and practices. It finally seeks to give each new phase the protection of the law. When one aberration is accepted, everyone thinks there will be no further developments. However, this lie is soon unmasked when the next phase is proposed. Thus, the present phase of the sexual revolution is the transgender agenda, a step that was proposed immediately after the imposition of same-sex quote-unquote marriage. The transgender agenda allows people of one sex to mutilate themselves surgically and chemically to appear like the other sex. It also permits people to self-identify as any number of imaginary quote-unquote genders that express their psychological state. Finally, transgender activists seek to get the government to recognize, finance, and legally protect their declared state. It even threatens those who refuse to accept the charade with penalties. As this transgender process advances, the natural question is, What comes after the transgender phase? One new practice on the horizon, and not the only one, is legally protected sexual groupings. Indeed, the American Psychological Association, APA, has just formed a task force to promote what it calls consensual non-monogamy relationships, or CNM the APA is also circulating a petition seeking to secure legally protected class status for individuals with multiple sex partners. In its newly created Facebook page, the task force does not hide its agenda. It openly seeks to promote, quote, awareness and inclusivity about consensual, non-monogamy and diverse expressions of intimate relationships, unquote. The post defines this to include, quote, people who practice polyamory, open relationships, swinging, relationship anarchy, and other types of ethical, non-monogamous relationships, unquote. The meaning is clear. The next sexual frontier is not independent of the present LGBTQ plus efforts to gain acceptance. It is part of the same process. Thus, the APA's Division on Sexual Orientation and quote-unquote gender diversity directs the project. A team of more than 85 professionals is working on 12 initiatives. It will build upon its past quote-unquote gender diversity activism and extend its concepts to multi-personal sexual relationships that they hope will be legally validated. Quote, Finding love and or sexual intimacy is a central part of most people's life experience, states the task force's Facebook page. However, the ability to engage in desired intimacy without social and medical stigmatization is not a liberty for all. This task force seeks to address the needs of people who practice consensual non-monogamy, including their intersecting marginalized identities, unquote. The nation's premier association of psychologists is clearly setting policy, not treating illnesses. Its goal of making any consensually non-monogamous relationships acceptable follows the same template as that used for the free love, homosexual, and transgender phases of the sexual revolution. In this case, the old binary way of looking at relationships in terms of couples is now outdated. Legal recognition is no longer sought between a man or woman, or even a man and a man. Now it is between a man, a woman, another man, and any number of others who want to be included. The goal is clearly to make any sexual grouping mainstream. The task force will develop fact sheets, brochures, reading lists, and therapy recommendations, it will treat what was once considered seriously disordered and sinful as a means of quote-unquote finding love. The onus of wrong is shifted from those who participate in these relationships to those who are not inclusive enough to accept them. The social stigma once attached to this sexual anarchy is now shifted to those who refuse to accept it as normal. With consensual non-monogamous relationships being the next major step in the process, they pave the way for worse things. This is sexual anarchy. To understand the sexual revolution, one must see it as a process leading to anarchy and nihilism. Its revolutionaries will always be searching for ever more anarchical manifestations of sexuality. They will always give free reign to unbridled passions on the path to self-annihilation. All taboos must be overturned. Everyone must accept all behaviors, which must be given protection of the law. Thus, transgenderism and consensual non-monogamous relationships are only transitional phases. After them, there will be other moral aberrations to follow. Incest, masochism, pedophilia, perhaps, or other practices that already exist in the macabre subcultures on the dark side of sexuality. The only effective way to fight against the sexual revolution is with Christian morality. Only the church has the moral principles, practices, and grace to overcome the depravity that can come from fallen nature. That is why the culture war is so important and must never be abandoned.
1: This concludes Christians Must Never Surrender to Transgender Tyranny. Thank you so much for listening. Return to Order, of which this podcast is only a part, strives to be a source of light in a dark and disordered world. Your prayers are appreciated. Mr. Bascom's essay has extensive footnotes. A link to the printed article is provided in the show notes so that interested listeners can see his sources of information. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we ask you to subscribe and give us a five-star rating with the service through which you are listening to it. Increased subscriptions and high ratings mean that more people will be directed to the Return to Order moment when searching for new podcasts. So, by rating us, you can help Return to Order be more effective. In addition, subscribers gain access to all previous episodes of the Return to Order moment. We would also like to recommend the book which spells out the motivations behind our work. Mr. John Horvat's book, Return to Order, is available as a free download through our website, www.returntoorder.org, or in printed and recorded form through our bookstore. All rights are reserved. Copyright 2021 by the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, TFP.